Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's your boy KB coming at you with a solo dolo episode of the podcast. It's episode number 463 on the first Victory Monday of 2022. That's right. The Birds win. They beat the Lions. We're going to dive into all the ins and outs of this game. We're going to dive into the Philly sweep of the Nationals. Bryce Harper showing love on the Instagram. And, of course, the Philadelphia Union being the most consistent, most wonderful, most enjoyable team in the city right now as they are running away with the East Conference in MLS and are at the top of the freaking league, everybody. The Supporters' Shield is coming home to Philly. Book it. It's happening. Don't don't make any quarrels about it. LAFC, you're done. You're done. Done. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI, Twitch.tv slash UndergroundSportsPHI. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com for all of, our, all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wherever you get your podcast, we are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews as well. Let me know how you feel about this Eagles game, how you're feeling coming out of week one, how you're feeling about the Phils, the Union, all that good stuff. Leave it in the Apple Podcast reviews. And, of course, be a friend, tell a friend about the pod. Share the pod feed with your people. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of every single Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. This show, the Dan Russo Show, Eagles Enemies, Outside the Box with me and DJ, Streamer Season with me and Dylan, Top Bins with Matt and Dom, Get in the Hole with Steve and Ben, and of course the Loaded Box Fantasy Football Podcast. We're working on a schedule to get it on the YouTube for you guys, but don't worry, you can get it in podcast form. Subscribe to all of our podcasts, and uh, smash that like button, ring the bell icon so you don't miss a single second of the content we're pushing out. And, of course, comment down below your thoughts on the Eagles game against the Lions, the Phillies right now, the Union right now, all that good stuff. Leave it in the comment section below. And big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game you guys can go to TomahawkShades.com and use code USP for 25% off your order on sunglasses, blue light plus glasses, jewelry, everything in between. TomahawkShades.com, code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer, the best merch drop of the year over at KenwoodBeer.com. The Kenny Rope Hats 
are available. I got mine over here in the studio right here. These things are beautiful. The Kenny Rope hat right there. Go get, look at that thing. Look at that thing. And of course, the it's a bad day to be a Kenny shirt. All that good stuff. And the all new and improved Kenny tracker. So you've got Ken with beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. Yes, I'm very tired. Had to take the boy DJ to the airport early this morning. So we a little tired, but we're not working at the day job today. So that's a benefit. Uh, and of course, the homies over at Bino. Go to BinoBoard.com. Check out the new hot sensational tabletop game that should be at every tailgate you're going to and it's world cup season every week leading into the world cup bino is dropping a brand new world cup inspired board over on their website you guys can go to binoboard.com that's b-i-n-h-o-b-o-a-r-d.com and use code bino usp for 10 percent off your order at binoboard.com the Eagles, baby, they are back. They are making everybody feel feel things. They win 38-35. Uh, I was not able to watch the game live, so I will preface that here. I caught highlights. I caught interviews. I caught all that good stuff, recaps from people. Uh, as I was in Washington, D.C., covering the Premier Lacrosse League semifinals, which you all should come out to Philadelphia this Sunday. Philadelphia Union Stadium, Subaru Park, PLL Championship game, Water Dogs, Chaos, bunch of Philly boys playing for a title at Subaru Park. Come on out. It's it's no Eagles game on. It's the best ticket in town, hottest ticket in town. I'll be there. DJ will be there. It's going to be a doozy of a time. So come on out to Subaru Park, watch Chaos and Water Dogs fight for a PLL Championship. But the Eagles win 38-35. Uh, on Sunday, Jalen Hurts was sensational, just proving every single doubter wrong. Um, the boy was running all over creation, 90 rushing yards, over 200 passing yards in this game for Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, let's see here. Where are player stats? Uh, Jalen Hurts, 243 passing yards. Miles Sanders is back. Uh, I hope everybody and their brother parlayed every single Eagles running back scoring a touchdown along with Jalen Hurts because uh, that's exactly what happened. Miles Sanders scored his first touchdown since December 27, 2020. The streak is over. Uh, Miles Sanders, 13 rushing attempts for 96 yards and a touchdown averaging 7.4 yards per carry. Jalen Hurts ran for 90 yards on 17 attempts. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, 5 for 20. Boston Scott, 4 for 10. And then A.J. Brown setting an Eagles team record with 155 receiving yards on 10 receptions. It's the most receiving yards in a game in an Eagles debut. Um, so congrats to Mr. 1K, always open. A.J. Brown, he certainly was open. And I loved his humility after the game, too. I was watching the interview he had with John Clark and saying, like, he it still was bothering him that he didn't score in this game and he had two opportunities where he was down like towards the five yard line to go and score um so that stuck out to me just like the type of competitor he is and I've always loved AJ Brown even when he was on the Titans he's been one of my favorite players so now that he's in an Eagles uniform it's even sicker um 
he wears my number, so he's he's doing justice to number eleven as well. Um, but I loved his humility and I loved his his just competitive drive and spirit, knowing that he had those opportunities to get in the end zone and it was still on his mind even after the monster day that he had. Um, so that just kind of shows the type of sicko competitor AJ Brown is, and I'm happy that he's on our team. Uh, Jalen Hurts having to run 17 times is not ideal. Um, you want to see him getting other targets involved as well, being that, uh, you know, receiving-wise in this game, A.J. Brown had 10 receptions, and then every other receiver that did have a catch combined for quick math. Yeah, uh, 3-2 and two is 5, 5-2 five and two is 7, and 1 is 8. Every other receiver combined had 8 receptions. Devontae Smith did not have a catch in this game. Quez Watkins did not have a catch in this game. So you want to see the offense get a little more fluid and a little more involved with all of the weapons um, that are at Jalen Hurts' disposal. But they found a way to win this game. Um, it wasn't pretty. You know, the Lions scored that first touchdown. DeAndre Swift runs for 51 yards on that opening drive. And then uh, the Eagles put up 24 in the second, 14 in the third. And then you let the Lions stick around and hang around, put up 14. You get shut out in two out of the four quarters. So there's a lot to clean up defensively. I truly don't understand the Jonathan Gannon hype whatsoever. Um, You know... He's 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 not like even dating back to last year. See, it puts my brain in a jumble thinking about Jonathan Gannon and everybody thinking he's going to be a head coach. The dude can barely be a defensive coordinator. Look at all this talent that this Eagles team has, and they still gave up 35 points. Jordan Davis played like 32 percent of the snaps yesterday. You 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 went up in the draft. You moved up in the draft to go get Jordan Davis. And you clearly saw the Lions were running rampant all over you the entire game. And you didn't have Jordan Davis out on the field until it it started to click to you. Like, oh, hey, we drafted this 300-pound behemoth. Let's put him in the game to stuff the run game of our opponent. Like, that made zero sense to me. Um, Hassan Reddick, apparently, you know, I was seeing tweets. They were misusing him. Uh, James Bradbury got his first interception and it was a pick six. So that was pretty freaking cool. Shout out to the giants. Appreciate you for giving him to us for essentially free. Um, you know, Darius Slay had his return to Detroit and, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson is just hyped to be an Eagle. He said that shit felt great. And then Lane Johnson followed up walking in the tunnel saying that shit was terrible. Um, yeah, you can't give up 35 points to the Lions. Yes, are the Lions a much improved team on offense? Sure. But Jared Goff's their quarterback. He's fine. He's not a world beater quarterback. Like, you're not playing against, you know, Justin Herbert. You're not playing against, you know, Derek Carr. Like, you're not playing against Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen. You're playing against Jared Goff, a guy who couldn't even score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't be giving up yards. You shouldn't be giving up 35 points to a team that has him playing quarterback. That was frustrating. Um, I know it was a lot of the run game too, but you're allowing that confidence to build and allowing Jared Goff to do things that you shouldn't be allowing him to do. Jonathan Gannon is just not a good defensive coordinator. I can't wait until he's gone. He's so He's such a bad defensive coordinator that he's good. 
and a team should hire him today. Uh, that'd be fantastic, you know. I just he's he's not the guy for me. He's not my cup of tea. Um, I I can't wait until he's gone, and I hope somebody does hire him as a head coach. That way he's out of the Eagles' wings. You don't have to worry about him, and you don't have to worry about the misuse of a defense anymore because you brought in all of these pieces. And, yes, it's week one. Week one is very weird. I saw a tweet um, that I'm going to pull up here that, like, the six uh, NFC playoff teams this year. Where is it? Let's see. I don't want to misquote this tweet. It was okay. So this was this comes from Dennis Selman thirty three on the Twitter machine. Uh, for Eagles fans not happy with how convincing yesterday was, note that Week One is weird. Twenty twenty one playoff teams playing against non playoff teams went one and five across the league. The Eagles were the only such team to win. Um, so that's you know a benefit. Like we're the only playoff team to win against a non playoff team. Um, you know, sure, yippee. Um, trying to pull up this other stat here. The the defense, it, it's been an issue since last year. You know, slow starts, giving up early points, giving up opening drive points. At some point, you're going to have to realize that that is also game planning, that's scheming, that's Jonathan Gannon, and you know, something's got to change. And I'm just, I'm so over the Jonathan Gannon whole experience. He's overrated as fuck. And, uh, I'm tired of, (laughs) quite frankly. And, uh, it you know, we shouldn't have been having a nail biter game against the Detroit lions in week one. That's what I'll leave that at. Nick Sirianni mucking it up with the Eagles fans, you know, towards the end of the game was pretty cool. It's very Sirianni vibe, um, so I wasn't mad about that. You know, a bunch of Eagles fans traveled out to Detroit, so he was rewarding them, uh, you know, celebrating with them. I thought that was pretty dope. Uh, But I do need to see Devontae Smith more involved. You know, he's a former top 10 pick last year. Uh, Sure, is he not going to be the 1A option anymore with A.J. Brown here? Probably not, but... There's, there's enough ball movement to go around that we need to scheme him open more and give him more looks than four targets. Um, you know, will it happen? I'm sure it will. But we need to get Devontae Smith more involved because it, it keeps the defense guessing. You don't know who Jalen's going to go to. Um, that's, that's what I need from this Eagles team going into uh, Monday night next week against the Vikings is just getting more options available for Jalen Hurts. You can't have him run it. Like, I'm cool with Jalen Hurts running the ball. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's a, a weapon that not every team has the the luxury of. You know, Lamar Jackson can do it. Kyler Murray can do it. Uh, Tua can do it to an extent. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes can do it. Russell Wilson can do it. Uh, you know, there's quarterbacks that have that ability to run the ball if need be. And Jalen Hurts is one of them, but you don't want him carrying the ball 17 times. 17 times is kind of crazy for your quarterback to be carrying the ball. So you want to be able to kind of let Jalen understand, like, yes, you can run the ball, but use it to open plays up. And other guys like Justin Fields, who we saw get a dub yesterday, um, 
you want to you want to use Jalen Hurts' running ability and mobile ability to open up the passing lanes, you know, extend plays. You don't want it to necessarily be always, oh, when you're tucking the ball, you're running, you're going, you know. You want Jalen Hurts to be able to extend plays with his legs in terms of opening up more opportunity in the pass game, extend guys getting out on their routes and stuff like that. Um, but overall, you know, a win is a win. I'll take it. The Eagles are 1-0. and And uh, I'm just saying the last time the Eagles were 1-0 and when I was in the Washington, D.C. area on week one game day, um, 2017 happened. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Um, but, you know, a win is a win. I'll take it. And, um, you know, we're on to the Vikings now, which that game's going to be, it's going to be a dog fight. That game is going to be very tough. It's going to be pound for pound. You're going to have to be on your P's and Q's against that Vikings team who just won like 23 to seven against the Packers. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that this defense needs to clean up if they want to beat the Vikings. Um, especially, you know, you got Justin Jefferson coming in, you got Kirk coupons who everybody's, you know, stroking his ego, Dalvin cook, who, I don't know about Dalvin Cook this year. He's on my fantasy team. I love Dalvin, but switching to number four, going back to his college number, is not a vibe for me. That is a terrible jersey analytics choice, um, to say the least. The uh, But the Eagles get that dub, and I, I like that the players after the game, for the most part, were not satisfied with the win. Even though they put up 38 points, you still you got to keep that foot on the gas pedal. And to get shut out in two out of four quarters against the Lions is also concerning on the offensive side of things um, because I think defensively the Lions are a beatable team. Like, they're not world beaters on defense. They have pieces, but they're not a complete defense to where you should be getting shut out in multiple quarters, um, especially in week one. Like, you should be able to put points up on the board every single quarter. So hopefully that gets addressed and uh, Nick Sirianni lights a fire under Jonathan Gannon's ass and is like, hey, it's go time. It's put up or shut up uh, if we want to be a successful team. There's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up, a lot of things that need to be worked on. Uh, but let's go around the NFC East because the Cowboys, they're in some they're in some deep shit, ladies and gents. They lost big time to the Buccaneers. And by big time, I mean they lost Dak Prescott big time. He's going to need hand surgery. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. Not that I ever want to see anybody get injured. So I hope Dak is okay. He is a very good quarterback. It's better when he's out there on the field for the league. Um, but Dak's out six to eight weeks, which means the Eagles will not see Dak Prescott in week six uh, on Sunday Night Football in Philadelphia. So that's something to kind of take into account. We'll see what happens there. Um, but the Cowboys only team in the division to lose this week. The Giants pull out a, a sneaky one-point win against the Titans. The Commanders beat the Jaguars, so Carson Wentz beats Doug Peterson. Um, and then the Eagles beat the Lions. Um, so, I mean, the, the big takeaway here, too, is, you know, looking at the division – it's week one, so there's not going to be really any like standing shakeups per se. Um, but you look at the the NFC East right now, standings wise, Eagles obviously have the most points for in the NFC uh, East, so they are technically in first place by virtue of points scored, but point differential. Which once baseball season comes to an end, which will be like mid October, 
hopefully for the Phillies, it'll be November. We'll transition the NFC. We'll transition the NL East run uh, run differential to the NFC East uh, points differential. Uh, but the Eagles scored 38 points. Washington scored 28. The Giants scored 21. And then uh, the Cowboys scored a measly three points and lost 19-3 to to Tampa Bay. Um, so the Eagles are in first place, obviously. Um, other teams to win in the NFC this week, the Eagles, Commanders, Giants, Vikings, Bears, Saints, Buccaneers, and then nobody in the NFC West. We will see if the Seahawks can uh, save the NFC West there. But the NFC West potentially going all 0-1. Um, and then in the AFC, Dolphins and Bills win. Jets and Patriots lose. Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Cleveland all win. Cincinnati loses in overtime to the Steelers. Uh, nobody in the AFC South has a win because the Texans and Colts tied and the Jaguars and Titans lost. So no wins in the AFC South. And then the Chargers and Chiefs win. And the Broncos still yet to play. And the Raiders lose. Also, shout out to the homie. Shout out to the boy, Isaiah Pacheco. Vineland's own. Scores his first touchdown uh, on Sunday. Leads the Kansas City Chiefs in rushing. That's that's the stuff we love to see. Uh, Couldn't be prouder of the homie. He's going to do big things for that Chiefs squad. And uh, to see Patrick Mahomes like run out and go get the the ball for him after he threw it in excitement to get his first touchdown ball was electric. So super proud of Isaiah, and I know he's only going to keep you know chopping it up. And we'll be talking about that on the Dan Russo show this week as well, obviously during our alumni segment. Um, so stay tuned for that. Maybe Isaiah makes an appearance at some point on that show as well. Um, but let's get into the fills. Go Birds, obviously. Shout out to the Birds. The Phils, they sweep the Nationals this weekend, which was big time. Needed that. Um, you know, just keeping pace. And, you know, you you look at the landscape now of the wild card as you head into the, you know, grittier parts of September here for the Phils. You're now at Miami starting on Tuesday, and then you're at Atlanta for the weekend, and then you come home for Toronto for two, Atlanta for four, and then the Phils are on the road the rest of the season after September 25th. But right now in the standings, wild card wise the Phillies regain some ground in that wild card standing by sweeping the Nationals because the Padres lose some games. Phillies now a game and a half up on the Padres and are sitting in that second wild card spot. Um... You know, the Braves went on that hot streak, so the first wild card kind of seems out of reach now uh, as the Phillies are sitting nine games back of the Atlanta Braves now with uh, seven to play against them. Uh, The Braves have lost two in a row, though, so that is uh, enticing, to say the least. So hopefully the Braves can start losing some more games. Uh, so that way the the script kind of flips and the Phillies get that home wild card series. But let's take a look at the NL East run differential powered by the homies over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports. They got football props. They got college football props, baseball playoffs. I'm sure preseason NBA is up there, preseason NHL. 
you name the sport, they got it. Go to playpickup.com, start playing the hottest headlines in sports, rack up points on your fan profiles, cash them in for prizes on the pickup marketplace. It's free to play. All you got to do is sign up with your phone number, no email nonsense, none of that. Just boop, log in with your phone number. It's that simple. Go to playpickup.com now and start playing those headlines. Right now, the Atlanta Braves still leading the run differential category in the NL East at a plus 159. The New York Mets at a plus 140. They are back in first place in the NL East. The Phillies at a plus 73. I would love for the Phillies to finish with a plus 100-something odd run differential. That would be freaking amazing. Uh, The Marlins at minus 104. And then that stolen franchise Washington National Squad at a minus 206. And the Pittsburgh Pirates still lead in the way for the worst run differential in all of baseball at minus 214. And yet they are still not the worst team in baseball as the Nationals are 49 and 92. The Oakland A's are 51 and 90. And then the Pittsburgh Pirates are sitting at 51 and 88. Ladies and gents, we need to manifest for your boy. For, for that preseason prop we put in on the Pirates that have the worst record in baseball. We need to manifest that, and we need to manifest the Chicago Bears this year having the worst record in the NFL uh, and manifest the Giants finishing with under six and a half wins. Not off to a hot start for your boy to start the NFL props, but the Pirates one, it's right within reach. It's right within reach, and I'm hoping Aaron Nola gets about three or four more starts before the end of the year. Uh, because I have a strikeouts prop on him that I kind of got screwed out of a ton of strikeouts from him yesterday because of the rain delay. Um, but right now the Dodgers, they broke the 300 mark. They are at plus 310 in the run differential category. The Yankees at plus 206. And then the Houston Astros in the AL at plus 174. But they have the best record in the American League at 90-50. and 50. Them and the Dodgers, the only teams with 90 wins. The Mets not far behind. The Yankees and Braves not far behind. And going back and looking at Matt and I's preseason prediction for the Phillies' wins, I had them at 89, I believe. Um, And Matt had them at 85, I want to say. I'm going to pull it up here because I know we posted it on Instagram. Yes. Matt had 85 wins for the Phillies. Your boy had 89. They are currently sitting at 78, I believe is the number for the Phillies. Yes, 78 wins with, I want to see how many games are left. Let's see. Phillies have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 games left. 22 games left with 78 wins on the docket. They're obviously not going to win all of them, but if they were to, they'd win 100 games. I think Matt and I are both within reach of the number we set out for this Phillies team. 78 minus 85 for the quick math at home. Phillies need to win seven more games for Matt's uh, preseason prediction to hit. And for mine to hit, the Phillies need to win. Quick math at home. They need to win 11 more games. They need to win half of their games, uh, which I think is very, very possible for this team. So the Phillies, they sweep the Nationals. Um, 
you know, it was huge. They needed it. They needed to surpass the Padres in the standings. And, um, you know, now they're on to the Marlins in the House of Horrors. That is Miami. They always have struggles there. So you got to overcome those struggles. Final series against the Marlins for the year. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to pull it up here because I've been tweeting it all year because I've been manifesting positivity. I've been keeping track of the Phillies record against the Marlins all year long. All year long, baby. Um, so here we go. Phillies are 10-6 and six against the Marlins this year. Three more games against them down in Miami. Phillies could finish 13-6 and six against the Marlins, which, for the people counting at home, The Phillies' best record against the Marlins Pull it up here Hopefully it loads Here we go Phillies' best season all time against the Marlins Came back in 2001 When they went 14-5 and against them uh, Just in terms of total wins they went 11 and 2 against the Marlins in 1999 for best overall win-loss record differential there. Um, they went 13 and 6 against the Marlins in 2006, 13 and 5 against the Marlins in 2010, 12 and 6 against the Marlins in uh, 2011, and then 12 and 7 was the last time they won more than 11 games against the Marlins as they currently sit at 10 and 6. They will finish above 500 against the Marlins for the first time since 2018 when they went 11-8 and and went on a streak of two years in a row of going 11-8 and there. But just win the rest of these fucking games against the Marlins. I want 13-6 and to be the record for 2022. That would be fantastic. And this is the most runs scored against the Marlins Uh since 2020 when they put up 5.1 and then pre-pandemic 5.5 in 2019 but this is the lowest clip outside you know 2021 they were terrible against the Marlins put up 3.5 runs a game but 4.3 outside of that is the lowest since 2016 when they put up 3.4 runs per game against the Marlins um but this is a, a good start to reversing the jinx of Joe Girardi against the Marlins, who all time went 12 and 17 against them as Philly's manager. Um, which I think if they go 13 and 6, let's say 13 wins plus 12 wins, be 25 and. 17 plus 6. They'd be 25 and 23 if they win the rest of the games against the Marlins this year all, uh, for the entire decade of 2020. So they go above 500 against the Marlins for the 2020s, which would be beautiful. And Rob Thompson would surpass Joe Girardi for wins against the Marlins in a single season that it took Joe Girardi, you know, two years to be that bad against them. 
So the Phillies are ten and six against the Marlins, doing the damn thing. They're six and three at home, four and three on the road. So that's another thing too. You have a chance to finish above five hundred against the Marlins on the road this year, which you have not done since twenty sixteen, when the Phillies went five and four against the Marlins on the road. Um, so you have an opportunity there for the first time in six years to finish above five hundred on the road against the Miami Marlins. Best clip they had on the road was back in 2010 when they went 8-1 and one on the road against Miami. Um, so, hey, do the damn thing against the Marlins and put a, a nice little bow on this season against them, and uh, we'll be just fine. We'll be just fine. Um, pulling up the union schedule here because the union are duping all over everybody that's right dupe 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 adelphia uh the philadelphia union they win their match against orlando on saturday in big fashion uh five to one continue to just be absolutely dominant lafc loses to dallas two to one so now looking at the table in mls the union with 63 points doing the damn thing LAFC with 60, three matches to go. Three matches to go, which is huge for this team. And looking at, you know, we look at the schedule all the time for the Union now since, you know, we're, we're a big Union podcast and people need to start putting respect on our name about it uh, as people are considering Daniel Gazdag as potential MVP candidate, as he should, as he should. Uh, but looking at the standings here we just did i'm trying to look at the matches so the union so i'm guessing with three matches left the pachuca game does not count towards the standings so that's something to take into account the union play on saturday 3 30 against atlanta in atlanta so that's big time because uh atlanta united are the 10th place team in the east not very good and you should be able to wipe the floor with them as you did just a few weekends ago, a few weeks ago, uh, at home on uh, August 31st, you beat Atlanta four to one. So you should be able to take care of business against Atlanta, and then you go on the road against Charlotte, who are currently the 11th place team in the East. So another on paper good matchup, and then you get Toronto, who are currently the 13th place team in the East, and don't look like they have a lot of life left. LAFC, on the other hand, have Minnesota on Tuesday, and Minnesota currently um, the sixth place team in the West, so we'll be scoreboard watching there, because this is a game that LAFC uh, would, this will be their 31st match, as the Union have already played their 31st match, then they play Houston which Houston, not very good. They are the 13th-ranked team in the Western Conference. And then they get Portland on October 2nd, which Portland right now, the fifth-place team in the West. And then the final match for LAFC is against Nashville on October 9th. And Nashville, the four-seed right now, still chasing Dallas. Uh, they're only three points behind Dallas and kind of still in the mix, you know, trying to move up the standings in the West. But on paper, the Union have a much more manageable schedule, much more on paper better opponents to be facing down the stretch. And the Supporters' Shield 
could be coming home. Philadelphia Union won it back in 2020. Let's do it again so people don't call it a Mickey Mouse supporter shield, blah, 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 and uh, bring another trophy home to Philly and then go into the playoffs hotter than ever, doing the damn thing, as the Union have 63 points now. It's crazy to think about how good they have gotten uh, you know, from the first half to the second half in terms of offensive production. They are absolutely dominating in terms of goals scored versus goals against because Andre Blake is the best fucking goalie on the planet. And right now the Union have 68 goals for, 22 goals against. The most goals for in MLS outside of the Union uh, are both LAFC and Austin with 60. And then Eastern Conference-wise, it's Montreal with 55. Um, but nobody's sniffing the Union in terms of goals against. 22 is just insane. Uh, the next closest in the East is 33 for Columbus. Um, and then in all of MLS, it's 33 for Columbus. That's crazy. Um I just want this Union team to win the Supporters' Shield, put some respect on their name. MLS's official account out there tweeting uh, that the Union are running away with the East, which they are. They're 10 points up on Montreal. And the Supporters' Shield has a good shot to come home to Philly because of LAFC's schedule and just the way that this Union team are playing right now. They're playing out of their minds. They put up points. They play incredible defense. Jim Curtin is the best coach in Philadelphia. And this team, like we say, week in and week out, they are the epitome of consistency. They know what to do. When the lights come on, the stars shine bright, and they do the damn thing. And this team has a real opportunity to go out and win a championship this year, which would be absolutely electric. Best believe I'm trying to get to a Union game as soon as lacrosse season is done. And, uh, you know, I know I don't have that many more opportunities left to go in terms of regular season but they did clinch a home playoff game would be electric to go to a playoff game um but i know we got we got the pachuca match we got toronto so i mean there's opportunity still that toronto game might be looking kind of nice october 9th i think is a saturday um no that's a sunday october 9th is a sunday because i have a wedding on october 7th um so October 9th is a Sunday. Do the Eagles play that day? That's the real question. 2.30 p.m. start. Let's see if we can get the boys to Philadelphia on October 9th. Schedule. October 9th. October 9th. The Eagles are on the road. So that's perfect. Eagles are on the road at 4.25. That seems very likely that I make my way to Subaru Park for my first Union game because I'll have been to Subaru Park as media for the PLL three times before I catch an actual Union match, which is crazy to think about. Um, but the Union are absolutely crushing it. Keep keep duping it up, boys. Just keep duping it up. Keep putting the league on notice. Let them know we're not going anywhere. We're here to stay. And uh, I'm excited for this team so much like this team's gonna wreak havoc in the playoffs and i can't wait for it so let's go union let's go phils let's go eagles and uh make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram 
Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It helps more people find the show, helps more people get interacting with the show, and that's what we want. We want the underground community to be fluid, we want it to be fun, and we want it to be a uh, uh, just a space where everybody can just come through to the underground and talk about their favorite Philly sports. Um, so subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, because we're trying to do the same thing, but on YouTube. YouTube, search Underground Sports Philadelphia. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. That's Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's Outside the Box, Streamer Season, Top Bins, Get in the Hole, Loaded Box, The Dan Russo Show, and Eagles Enemies, all on our YouTube channel. You don't want to miss any of that content. It's super electric, spicy goodness. So go to YouTube, search Underground Sports Philadelphia. We don't get a custom link until we get to 1,000 subscribers. So we need you to be a friend and tell a friend and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon so you don't miss a single second of the content. Comment down below your thoughts on the Eagles, the Phillies, the Union, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Wings, whatever it may be. Uh, your Survivor predictions, because you know we're going to be talking Survivor uh, this coming week. Preseason, baby. Preseason. And uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Share the YouTube channel with your people. Big thank you to our sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tom Oxshades, Pickup, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board. All of their info is in the description on YouTube and linked in the show notes on audio. This has been episode number 463 of Victory Monday, the first of many in 2022-2023 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your boy KB. Until next time, I'm getting the heck out of here and signing off. Peace. Peace.